Oh, it's good to be back. So good to be back, in fact. On this day when there's literally no other news to talk about. There are all the world leaders uh, behaving themselves, not doing anything wrong at all, nothing suspicious, and there are literally zero sporting fixtures anywhere in the world to talk about. So we decided we're going to talk about cars. Once again, welcome to Which Car Weekly podcast. You join myself, Daniel Gardner. I don't know why I refer to myself as myself. It makes me sound like a bit of a dick. But if you you listen every week, then you're used to that by now. I'm in the studio with two other fabulous members of the automotive fraternity, returning once again uh, a regular and founder member of Which Car Weekly, Scotty Newman, Associate Editor of Motor Magazine. Welcome, sir. Allow myself to introduce myself. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. My favourite Austin Powers quote of all. Uh, And another familiar voice, because he's back no less two weeks in a row. It is, of course, Nathan Jacobs, staff photographer at Bauer. I have no witty... uh... Welcome speech. So. You're like Hello. A, you're like a bus. You wait all day and then two come along at once. <laughs> um, I don't really know how to continue from that. I mean, a nice bus as well, I was going to yeah. say. You know, one that's full of decent When was the people. last time you caught a bus? Uh, I'm a quite frequent bus user. Are you? Yeah. Why? Because if I go away for the weekend and I don't want to leave a press car in an airport, I would usually like use a bus oh, yeah. to get to and from places. The new sky buses are really cool. You know, when you sit up the top and you can sit over the top of the driver and stuff. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I was actually on the sky bus once when it was struck on the side by a pair of monster trucks on the back of a, a another truck. Wow. Yeah, I was. Yeah, so they had road. Okay, well, let's just do this. Okay, we were going to talk about some other <laughs> stuff. But yeah, so on the way to the airport, on the sky bus, and uh, there were roadworks. You remember when they were doing all the roadworks on the um, the what's yep. it called? Tunnel Marine Freeway. Yep. Uh, and so the la- lanes were really narrow, and so the sky bus was in the left lane, and then a truck that was loaded up with two monster trucks was in the lane next to it, and the tires were overhanging the side of the truck, and he had no markings at all. It was in in the night. Um, and he just clearly thought he was the width of a normal truck and took out the entire side of the sky bus. Wow. wow. And I was sat at that point on the top floor overlooking the front on the right-hand side. So I literally was ringside seats to some of the biggest tyres I've ever seen in my face. Wow. So did the bus stop? And No, the, no, that was oh, the thing. The, the truck going. was just ahead, clearly totally oblivious or very, very guilty, and just drove on. And the sky bus tried to do everything he could and then ended up <laughs> mowing down a row of cones. And uh, it was all very dramatic. And I was, uh, I gave him my card and said, I saw everything that happened. It was absolutely the sky bus was in no fault at all. Wow. Yeah, it was, that's it was quite a dramatic. story. Yeah, yeah it's a good story. Good way to start. <laughs> yeah. oh, that was not. That was a, that was an ad lib. That was. It was not planned at all. But on today's chat, what we do have for you is automatic choices. I put the Dan in Danger and Rivian, the van that can from Amazon. Amazon. Oh, not okay. bad. Close. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Bit of a stretch on the last one, but otherwise yeah, yeah. very, very good. <laughs> what? And you didn't think Dan in Danger was a stretch as well? No, that was oh, that's just your funny accent. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, all right. Okay, I'll take that. I too like to live dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Right, Scotty, uh, ignore the the run sheet and the order it's in. I want you to kick this one off today because we're going to talk about, first of all, uh, something that broke the news this week. Um, a major deal. Electric cars are increasingly featuring in our news stories and the chats we have at Witch Car Weekly. Um, and there was another big story today that potentially could be one of the biggest electric vehicle stories of the decade. Rivian, or Rivian, yes. Um, is an electric vehicle manufacturer just scored a massive deal, isn't it? Yes, so there's a few bits to this, uh, but we'll start with what is Rivian, because you might hear, what the hell is it? So basically, it's an electric vehicle manufacturer out of the US. 
they popped up late last year, um, and they seem to be doing things properly. They've had uh, so they've got two cars at the moment: the R1S and R1T. One's S for SUV; it's an SUV. Mm. The other one's T for truck. It's kind of like a pickup, like a Ford Ranger kind of thing. And they're really, really cool. They uh, Google them. Just Google Rivian, R-I-V-I-A-N. Um, or, I mean, you can use any Google, uh, any internet search engine at all. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Or even go to whichcar.com.au. Um, it's the best. Probably the best one. So, ever, yeah. uh, anyway, they seem to be doing things properly. And their chances of success um, are buoyed massively by a couple of things. One, Ford invested $500 million in them Ooh. to hitch their cart to the Rivian bandwagon. And now Amazon, Jeff Bezos came out uh, earlier in the week and said, we've ordered 100,000 electric delivery vans from Rivian. Wait, wait. 100,000 vans? 100,000 vans as part of Amazon's push to uh, get their their delivery fleet to 100% renewable energy. Currently, it's at 40%. They want to get to 100,000, uh, 100%. And by doing that, they're going to have all electric delivery vans. Do they say how long it's going to take to roll out that delivery? Yes, so by 2024. Um, okay. So the first deliveries are going to be done in tw- late 2021. Right. Uh, the prototype's already running, appar- uh, apparently. Um, and, I mean, a delivery van is probably a bit easier than a sort of production car because it's kind of a box on wheels that has yeah. to a certain amount of safety and a certain amount of range but obviously you don't have to worry about infotainment or stuff like that um so yeah i mean for any startup to have that sort of guaranteed cash flow and guaranteed because i've been listening to a bit of podcasts about this and it oh, helps oh you mean, oh i see you listen to others i do oh i see <laughs> i do it's called, oh, right. it's called knowledge daniel i listen to <laughs> no one else <laughs> only, <laughs> your, only your own voice that explains yeah. a lot <laughs> i am my own, my most loyal listener but you go why is this such a big deal it's a big deal because now rivian can go out to suppliers and go we need a hundred thousand of x like they've got all these guaranteed what's x well seats steering wheels pedals Wheels, electric motors, indicators, all this sort of stuff. So you're not dealing with that typical tiny supply base, which is why it's always really expensive because you start having to make things in really small numbers. So uh, Rivian's a name, I think, that people are going to be hearing a lot of. And why I brought this up is twofold. One is because I love the idea of an electric delivery truck. For me, that's perfect. Like Instead of these diesel vans driving around all day, doing lots of Ks, spewing out lots of you know pollutants and stuff like that, Electric now. Perfect. Makes perfect sense. Mm. And because I've been rallying against on this podcast before, electric performance cars, and this is the segue, I might have to change my mind. (gasps) You heard it here first. Yes. I remember many years ago, there was a motor official merchandise t-shirt that had a picture of a toaster on it and said electricity is for toasters. I know. And now it's for cars. Yeah. And I drove the model, uh, Tesla Model 3 Performance. Okay. Nice transition into talking about that. Yes. Um... I, there's just literally too much to talk about here because I desperately want to carry on along the Rivian. Um, just a couple more notes on that. Okay. Yes. So the images that they've got out there at the moment uh, of a van, you know you're saying it doesn't, vans are very utilitarian, they're commercial mm-hmm. vehicles, they don't have to be particularly pretty. But this is, if it looks like the images they've released, it's a really good looking thing. Well, this is the thing, the R1S and R1T, the pickup and the SUV, are actually really cool looking things. Yeah. Have you seen them as well, yeah. Nathan? yeah. They're yeah. very good looking. There's just those two hor- uh, vertical light strips at the front. Yeah. I'm not quite sure about, but apart from that, like you cover them up with tape. They've <laughs> been really. These things have been really well thought out, really well engineered. Guy um, from McLaren, he's sort of behind the production ramp up, so they're doing things properly. Um, so yeah, they clearly know how to make a cool looking things. 
that man, is, truck, that's whatever. significant. Though. I mean, a hundred thousand. Does that, would that make it more successful in within a specific time frame than Tesla? Uh, because potentially, Tesla, I don't know what, how many vehicles Tesla sold to this point. Um, certainly, you know, by their by X point of production, they would have made a lot more cars. You know, if they start next year, say in five years, they'll have made. 100,000 vans and then you want to make 50,000 of the other things, 150,000 units in five years, I'm pretty sure that would have been a lot more than what Tesla made. Yeah, and, and the thing that Tesla net definitely never had was an order book that looked like that. Yes. Yeah. And and much like we're seeing with crowdfunding now, if you get the cash up front, you can make a much better job of developing that vehicle or product, whatever it happens to be. Yep. So now that I'm not sure how much money Amazon has had to commit to up front for the order, what the deposit is, but no doubt that's going to make it a better product and, and enable the project to stay on track better than if they just said, yeah, sure, we might be interested in a few years. Yeah, it's not going to be funded by sort of customer deposits or... No, exactly. That's right. Or, you know, so, so I mean, there's new. a lot of money behind, a lot of money behind Rivian from the US and the Middle East and stuff like that. And that's, but that's also the encouraging thing. They know how to do things properly. Like he says that to make any new vehicle, you start at a billion dollars. Wow. So we haven't even, they haven't made anything yet. Yeah. But they're like, we need to have X amount of dollars behind us to make a proper product. Uh, so it sounds good. Um, recently trip to Germany there what's the the, um, the security firm with the brown vans with the gold stripe is that UPS yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all of the UPS vans I saw in Germany were electric already oh, oh, wow. but those are obviously these are not this is not a bespoke purpose built vehicle That's they look just like the old UPS vans yeah. but someone has obviously wheeled into a garage and filled it up with lead acid batteries probably just like the very first electric vehicles <laughs> and they probably have a range of about 4 kilometers, and they take 45 years to charge up <laughs> yes. but Already they're proving with that relatively primitive technology that it works and it applies very yeah. nicely to commercial vehicles. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, this is a larger topic again, but it's so good because all the car, like, it's charging isn't a problem then because the, the van, you know what mileage the van's going to do. Yeah. They're going to do yeah. 120 miles, 200 kilometers a day or whatever, and then they just go back to base, the de- that's base right, overnight, yeah. plug them all in. Yeah. You can have a massive charging infrastructure. It just at your home base and then off you go again. And so that's essentially what, what will happen with um, privately owned electric vehicles yeah. as well. People will know how far they go in a day. Yep. And for all the times they don't and they're a little bit anxious about range, they'll probably just take their combustion-powered vehicle, which yes. they will still be allowed to own. No one's going to come and break down your door and steal the keys to your Hilux just because electric vehicles reach tipping point. You don't have to hide your Fairmont just yet. Yeah, no. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you can convert your XB to electric. <laughs> I said that just yesterday, actually. Oh, did you? Yeah, really? I was talking about the XB in the future. I'm like, yeah, once it's converted to electric. You'd keep it around. Wouldn't be as much. It wouldn't have the theatre. It would wouldn't be. burble quite so. There's yeah. that mob in America that are producing a, a, um, a universal electric vehicle platform that you can just oh, buy yeah. anybody on. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't it, put a big cam in an electric car. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, can you can. Get, It'll can just get rattle around. Car, can, you, can you get like lumpy electric car idol? Or? <laughs> yeah. Little shakers on every. No. Car. What you just heard then was the old Scott. Yeah. Right there. That's right. He's changed now. That's right. I'm all um, the EV convert. So um, onto the Tesla Model yes. Three. Yes. I'll cover this off briefly because it'd be good to once other people have we'll have a bigger chat about it and yep. other people's thoughts. But essentially, I drove it with my motor hat on to see if it could be fun because up until now I'm like no gears no noise no you know what do you interact with can it be fun but I have to say the Model 3 performance is a lot of fun to drive really Uh, it is yeah it's really really fast but even beyond the the speed of it um, it's just an enjoyable car to drive like Tesla there's so much so much hyperbole around Tesla good and bad yeah I think the fact that they're actually pretty good cars to drive 
is lost. They've obviously got a pretty good dynamics team because they ride pretty well, they steer pretty well, they handle well. Um, they do a good job. So, But have you ever done what you did in the Model 3 in the Model S or Model X? Because oh, I should I should clarify exactly what it is you were getting up to because that could have sounded slightly dodgy and potentially mm. incriminating. Um, you, were, you were testing on track to see if it yes. was any fun. And yes. will it go sideways? It will go sideways. Yeah, have you ever done that in a Model S? I haven't, but I've seen videos of a Model S drifting in Japan. Apparently, the, the I think... The biggest problem is you can't get past the electronic override. So if you do that, they will smoke the tires all day, which is fun. Cool, um, but so got, but that but you can get through it fairly easily on the Model uh, Model Three. So the Model Three's got track mode, which oh. fiddles with um, the ESP and the electric motors. You know, figures out which ones need to do what and when. Yeah. Um, to let you go sideways. So it is easily far above the the most driver focused Tesla. Of yes. recent years, because obviously they did the Tesla Roadster years ago. It was the car they started with, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, technology's come a long way in ten years. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's probably quicker and more responsive and all thing, all those things than that as well. Like it's, uh, yeah, it's a remarkable thing. So I might have to eat my words, but I look forward to other people's opinions once they drive it. Um, I just feel there's a greater, increasing sense of inevitability when it comes to talking about electric cars. You know, there's not a week that goes by that we don't have plenty to talk about, and it's only going increasingly that way. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just, if you can't beat them, join them. And it really, and yeah. why would you want to beat them though? Because increasingly, the manufacturers are proving they're they're feasible. Whether it be a commercial vehicle, a performance-focused vehicle, they just they can do it all. It seems. I still think that. Electric vehicles have their place in in a, you know your daily driver. Yeah. And leave petrol for the weekend. Yeah. Totally. Like, it will be that. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Like I drive to work every day, or well, not every day, when I'm in the office, and I'm sitting in this yeah. you know ten year old Fairmont that just guzzles fuel, and I'm I'm one yeah. person in a five seater yeah. car that weighs one and a half tons. And it it just seems so stupid to be filling it up with petrol yeah. every week. That was a big thing when I was yeah. sitting in the Tesla, sitting in traffic, looking around at all those cars that yeah. don't need to be sporty. Like they're not an MX-5, they're not a Cayman, they're not a Ferrari. Like just your regular SUVs. I'm like, why are they all burning petrol? Like That's exactly yeah. right. What's the point? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's other environmental hazards with electric vehicles, like where do all the materials right, come yeah. from and who digs them up and stuff like that. But still, you know, it's still uh, the, the way forward. And, one final top pointing on this, the VW ID three that we talked about from Frankfurt recently. Yes. Which is kind of a golf, but it's rear wheel drive with not yeah. very big tires. Mm. Yep. So if there's an ESP off fun. button in that, you'll be just going to be able to go around every roundabout on the rock lock stop. That couldn't have come along at a better time, could it? Yeah. Because literally in the in the past months we've been talking about with the departure of the current one series BMW, yes. that is that's the end of oh, rear wheel drive hatchbacks. Yep. And lo and behold, yeah. Volkswagen come along and deliver us a real drive hatchback. If you've got maximum, be, what heroes? <laughs> <laughs> maximum torque from zero revs. Yeah. Like yeah. you're talking like yep. just throttle oversteer yep. whenever maximum you want torque, it. Yeah, skinny tires. Like, yeah. <laughs> That'd be great fun. So the future is bright after all. <laughs> yes, we can. This is a, the clouds have parted like Moses in the Red Sea. <laughs> but but I I really respect your standpoint on this. Is that you you know you didn't you didn't go early so to speak. No, I mean I've I've heard I wasn't that, premature. No, exactly. <laughs> you waited until there was conclusive proof that the electric vehicles were the way forward and fitted the motor brand. And, yeah, well... You know, it was, it's been an easier job, perhaps, for, for some other brands to get on board with electric vehicles because they've proven the concept that you can drive one to and from work yeah. in not particularly exciting circumstances. But yeah. now we're reaching that wonderful golden era of electric vehicles where the really... And, and you have to throw into the, to the mix at the same time, the Porsche Taycan is yeah. narrow. And that's, that's obviously another um, incredibly performance-driven car that will probably... 
um, drop its lederhosen and curl one off all over the Tesla Model 3, I would get, I doubt. Yeah, yeah well, you'd think so. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You can only imagine what uh, that thing what? must be like. That image. There you go. I've given oh, the image. image. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to imagine that image. That's, uh, that's enough. Um, speaking of Germany, uh, I was there recently. Uh, oh, I was really? there to cover the Frankfurt Motor Show and uh, had a very nice time. We wanted to talk about this last week, but we ran out of time, so I want to quickly touch on it now. Uh, one of the cars I was driving was the new RS7, Audi RS7. And in fact, if we had talked about this last week, I wouldn't have been able to give you as much because it was under embargo. Now it's not, and I can now talk about the RS7, including how it enabled me to set a new personal best of highest velocity reached on a public freeway. Uh, on a public freeway or at all? Well, any public byway. Have you been say. faster on a track? Or? Actually, no. It beat that one, that too. So previously... Wow. I mean, obviously, been faster on a plane, but that doesn't really count. No. Oh, right. count. It, it, Wheels on contact the ground. with <laughs> the earth, yes. Uh, previously, it was an Audi SQ7, uh, 269 kilometers an hour, also in Germany. Then after that, it was a, a Lamborghini Huracan Evo, which was on track in Bahrain. That was just over 270. But I'm happy to say I conclusively, categorically smashed my own personal best in the RS7, Ladies and gentlemen, 292 kilometers an hour. Thank you very much. Dan, how are you still alive? Speed kills. Exactly. Exactly. It's deadly. Now, in the process, of course, several people were killed. <laughs> there was a small thermonuclear just explosion. By at you. <laughs> it was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I saw was, you driving at the speed was, and they just instantly fell over. And everyone looked at me. I've, I've been banned from Germany. My license has been torn up. No, you know what? None of these things happened because everything was completely fine for a number of reasons. One, Germany has an entirely different culture. Uh, driving culture has a completely different attitude towards speed and getting places in a hurry. And their car culture is entirely different. And they design vehicles to do exactly what we did. Um, you can really, uh, there's very few places in the world where you can experience exactly what an RS branded Audi can do at the limits of its um, ability. And I have to say, at 292, that wasn't even the limit of its ability. It was no. powering on absolutely... The only reason I didn't make it to the Magic 300, which I'm actually really bitter about, is that someone pulled out in the outside lane in front of me about 600 miles away. Was that, and that Australian? Speed, they pulled yeah. out yeah. 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 on their phone. And when they, <laughs> <laughs> and they when gave they you the that, finger when you came <laughs> out behind them. How dare you? Yeah, that's right. Stared into your window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they saw me coming and they pulled out deliberately because they were doing the vigilante thing that everyone yeah. does here. Well, he shouldn't be breaking the speed limit. <laughs> Um, no, the the point, the absolute takeaway from this was, more than anything, was just how completely fine it was. Okay, nearly 300 kilometres an hour is probably excessive. Not everyone does that. People who imagine the autobahn, not everyone, you know, old ladies are in, no. you know, Porsches going around at 300. But people do quite happily sit at 200 on the autobahn. But that's the thing, isn't it? You're... F- it naturally finds its own equilibrium. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. And people do that. They don't drive around with sweaty palms everywhere. They, they do the comfortable speed, which, and here's the key point, that modern cars allow. Yes. Yeah. We have a speed limit in Australia that has been that way for decades Yes. because it's based on the ability and the infrastructure and the technology available in cars of decades ago. Yes. It's completely absurd now. I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you took all the hu- speed limits off the Hume Highway, for instance... Yeah. People seem to imagine it would be some chaotic thing. It wouldn't. Like, most yeah. people would probably go about 120, 130. Yeah. There would be a few idiots that went out and do did 260, which if they wanted to do that, they'd do it anyway now because it's, like, it doesn't matter. Like, There's and nothing then stopping you, them. Yeah, yeah, you book them yeah. for driving dangerously, yes, which, exactly. which, yeah, which you would do, do now. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, most people like in a, you know, maybe some people would do 140, 150 in a modern day yeah. comfortable seat because you don't want to be on edge driving long distances. You find your own rhythm. Yes, exactly. So, exactly. which not people a, in Germany do. Not only that, but once the forces of acceleration have disappeared and you're cruising at a constant velocity, yeah. there are no forces to feel. It doesn't feel yeah. uncomfortable. Okay, things are whooshing past faster. Yeah. But people imagine that you'd just be in this frenzy of speed. But once you're coasting, it doesn't matter what speed you're coasting at. Yeah. Yeah. You're coasting. Exactly. It's like when you come off a racetrack and you come back to the pits and you think, oh, I'll get out now, but you're still doing 70 k's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. yeah, you become so accustomed and it just feels completely normal after a while. So, so how yeah. was how was your feelings when you were doing 290 whatever? Two. Um, it, was, it, was very, it was very fast. It was very fast. There's no two ways about that. Yeah. And you wouldn't want to spend every hour on the on the autobahn at that speed because you do have your attention is incredibly focused. And as I say, if someone pulls out into that lane way up in the distance, yeah. you have to be on the brakes there and then because you arrive incredibly quickly. And the other thing is you're doing forty liters of hundred K. Well now Whoa. this is my oh, yeah. this is my theory, right. So <laughs> um you know how we're saying that the the Going back to briefly uh, electric vehicles and the tipping point for them. Everyone mm. says, oh, you know, they have to be feasible, they have to be whatever, you know, long range. It actually doesn't come down to that. We know more than anything that price dictates everything. Mm. Um, the reason people will start to buy electric cars is because they're the same price as reasonably priced hatchbacks and yes. Yeah, That's why people won't go everywhere in Australia at 260 yeah. kilometres an hour. It's because the fuel consumption. I know. Mm. I terrifying. mean, it's not, it's exponential. Yeah, air is thick. It's so yeah, exactly right. And and a, a twin turbo four liter V eight, trying to work against that. I mean, the boost gauge yeah. was maxed out all yeah. the way. And I yeah. stared down. And I thought someone had snapped the needle off the fuel gauge because yeah. it was just gone. Like in, yeah. actually, that's not strictly possible in an Audi R seven because of course it has digital. the the uh, yes the virtual <laughs> cockpit which is digital display. But, but yeah, the fuel consumption is what why people won't do it. Yeah. And so you don't, you don't have to worry about people doing the wrong thing. They'll find the right thing to do. That's why the, the Bugatti Chiron just needs so much power. Yeah, yes. like cause yeah. it's just fighting drag yep. squares with yeah. speed. Yeah. yeah, monumental. So that's my th- that is my theory. That's why it would totally work in Australia. You're not going to have people driving around like absolute idiots all the time because they couldn't afford it. That's yeah. simply what it comes down. I mean, to. that's the thing. Like. Yeah. It's a, the road safety d- debate is a big one, and but I mean, if you got rid of all the road rules tomorrow, I don't think you'd have a catastrophic change in the road because most people would just continue doing what they're doing now. Like yep. the idiots that are dying because of crazy speed or doing drugs or whatever. They will still do regardless that. of the road, they're breaking them all already, so they're yep. going to continue to do whatever they're doing. People will just continue doing whatever they yep. want. Natural so, selection will eventually cleanse the yes. roads of complete idiots. And we will reach this fabulous balance. What's how far? Well, what's the fastest you've been, Nathan? Um, on uh, <laughs> on closed private roads yeah. during a car test. Uh, me driving or as a passenger? Oh, either. Uh, as a passenger. Say passenger, because then it's less incriminating. Um, as a passenger, uh, sure, it was a private road, and it was, it was on a racetrack, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that's what I mean by exactly, private yeah. road. Oh, right, okay. Um, two hundred and forty. It's oh, quick, oh. isn't it? Yeah. It's really... But in a new car, it's actually it's so stable and yeah. it's it's not frightening. What was it's the car? Um, Eight twelve super fast. Oh, wow! Yeah. It's got so much left in the in yeah reserve. Still in third. Yeah, pretty exactly. much. It really was just 
mm. a walk in the park for yeah. them. But I mean, I think most people would be really, really surprised at just how capable even relatively modest vehicles yeah. are, are at those, those seemingly irresponsible and deadly speeds. The XB, once, I mean, if you get to 120, it's shaky. Miles a Bluebird. And yeah. It did 100, like if you did 140 in it, which obviously you didn't, um, <laughs> but if you were on a track and you did it, um, like the thing, like a, it barely got there, and yeah. B, there was so much noise and going on. Yeah, like, yeah. My you didn't first, really want to do it, like it's. But my first know. car was an XF Falcon on gas. Yeah, like, if you wow. could get over 120, you're going really well. <laughs> but this is the thing, like so many cars are capable of high speeds now. You can go out and buy a a cheap hatchback that'll mm. happily sit on 130, 140. Um, yeah. and be very safe doing it. There's yeah. no reason so you couldn't swing do that. back. And the other thing is, so so many cars are so capable now. You drive them on the road, and they're they're not showing. Like you said with the RS7, like you you're not getting out of it what you really want to because it it's built for these extreme limits. With the Model Three Performance, it's weird because the electric motors work best up to about 120. Over that, the acceleration really slows down, and it's quite soft and quite rolly. Mm. So on the road, it feels beautifully tuned for the road. It's actually enjoyable, sort of moves around a bit. You get instant acceleration at the speeds you kind of want to drive at, whereas like a 720S or an RS6 or something is sort of barely getting into its stride. So, yeah, another another tick maybe for electric vehicles. That whole... Oh, I hate myself. I mean, <laughs> but, that, but you're on to... Like, cars are getting so fast. Yeah. We, we talk about this quite a lot yeah. on, on um, car reviews and tests, but mm-hmm. cars are just getting so fast that it's... People would be staggered, I think, at this. If you drove... Forget like forget even a performance car, like a regular Ford Focus or something like that. If you're driving that as hard as you can, people would be amazed how quickly they can go. Well, I mean, you need only look at the now immortalised video of the Ford Transit breaking the 10-minute mark at the, yes. at the Nürburgring. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an astonishing yeah. achievement. Yeah. With commercial vehicles are doing that. I mean, obviously, that was piloted by an absolute uh, genius at the yeah. wheel, but st- not, it still has to be able well, to do it. Yeah, yeah. it's funny... Um, Earlier uh, last week, I drove the R32 GTR for. A, I'll talk about that another time. But like at the day, what thirty years ago, that was the fastest thing on the road. Yeah, Ferraris, Porsches, doesn't matter. It couldn't get near a GTR. Yeah, you drive it now, and it's got like less grip than a standard hatchback. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like oh, you know, it's still quite a quick car. Yeah. But to breach its limits is not hard at all. Like it's on sixteen-inch tires on like you know, like two twenty-five. Something it hasn't got a lot of rubber on it. Um, you've sort of got to hang on. You've really got to recalibrate your brain. Um, f- you know, we were out on a video shoot with uh, our videographers, Passat, all track. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Passat on a difficult road would give the GDR a hard time. So is that down to, is it a combination of all engineering involved? So, you know, obviously better chassis systems, better tyres, um, the electronic stability mm-hmm. systems that are in there. Is it a combination of all those things? Or are we now living in, a, in an era where there's just just too much insulation from these electronic systems where the car really is handling an awful lot for you and there's not really much left for you to do at all. Mm, that's a good one. Because um, yeah. there's a well, lot... Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. The insulation is the key word. Yeah. yeah. It feels so... Yeah. Safe. <laughs> like, even to drive key, your BF, like if you drive that moderately quickly, you feel quite uncomfortable quite yeah. quickly. Because yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it hasn't got insulation, you reach its limits quite early. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, that was one of the resounding things about the RS7 on the Autobahn as well, is, is up to about 200 kilometres an hour, there was literally no discernible noise at all. Yep. And then you start getting tantalisingly close to sort of the 250s, and really the only noise then is a bit of roar from the wing mirrors. 
Still nothing from really the tires, which is astonishing because they're, they're huge yeah. and quite low profile. And then, yeah, beyond that, it's just <clears throat> it's it's there's all this paradox between what your eyes are seeing and what you're feeling. You know, the, the world is going by at an astounding rate, and yet the rest of your body has not a lot of indication that it's you're going quickly at all. It's a couple of things. Um, one I wanted to pick up, like you said, you got annoyed that you couldn't get to three hundred. And isn't that a weird thing with speed? Like, yeah. like it makes no difference if you're doing two hundred and ninety nine yeah. or three hundred and one. Like, yeah, yeah, it's the same sensation. It's the same everything. <laughs> same danger. Yeah, but it still matters. Yeah, it does, like if you got to two ninety nine, you would have basically just <laughs> driven into a parapet. <laughs> but it would have been so much cooler if I could come on this podcast and go, I did three hundred. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, but it would have sounded cooler. Rest assured, I will be going back for another go. But the other thing is, context is everything. Like I've done a little bit of rallying and. Like when you've got trees hitting the wing mirrors, 90 k's now really, really fast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been in a rally car with Hayden Padden at 175, and I literally thought I was going to die. Whereas you can do 175 on a racetrack and you're barely moving. And equally, like in the like 292 on a German autobahn is very, very, it's very quick, but you still feel a bit safe. Yeah. If you tried to do it like on a single leg country road, you'd be white knuckled. So, yeah. Um. When you did, was that on a full like rally track through woods and stuff? With Patton Hayden, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on one of the stages of Rally Australia. Oh, Man. that is that would be really. The data said 178, and, and it was in a corner. No, it was, I, I had my first rally car ride. Oh recently. yes, I did. Was it fun? It was. It was probably the best hot lap, if you can call it that, I've ever had in a, in a car. You know, yeah. you know, we get taken around by racing drivers yeah. sometimes. Well, it takes on a whole new meaning when there is almost no grip at all because rallying's the best <laughs> it look i mean i've been to a lot this year and i'm inclined to start agreeing with you. maybe this <laughs> maybe this is the 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 significant witch car uh, weekly podcast is where you come around to agreeing that electric cars work and i come around to saying that rallying is better than circuit racing and what are you going to agree on Nathan? uh yeah by yeah. <laughs> the video's better, than, video's better than photography. Yeah. <laughs> Never. No. That seems like a wonderfully poignant moment to leave it. Um, Scott and Nathan, thank you so much for joining us again on Witch Car Weekly this week. We will be back again next week after a well-deserved public holiday. In the meantime, do drive safely, uh, even if that is 292 kilometres an hour on a German autobahn, because that was completely safe. In the meantime, my name has been Daniel Gardner. Thank you so much for listening.